Every great film should seem new every time you see it. Welcome to the Midnight Film Review, episode 99. We're still here. The return. 99 problems, but an audience, subscribers, and sponsorship ain't three. What? (laughs) What? Well, I don't know. My name's Colin Smith. With me, as always, my lovely co-host. Brian Stevens. We're possum-free this week. We're back in the saddle. The way to be. We saw a a movie. We're going to talk about it. We've got got some news items to start with. I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh. uh, oh? I forgot to remind you, we also have an iTunes review to read. Oh, no. I I was literally about to say that. We We got an iTunes review to read. Um... Which history is starting to repeat itself already. Uh, apparently, we got a bunch of emails, or so I'm told. Uh, we, you know, we're so unprepared today. It's it's late. We're confused. We didn't even talk about media hot takes. I've got a media hot take, just to throw throw things topsy turvy here. Uh, I don't know what Brian is bringing to the table. He's actually <laughs> Brian has a media hot take of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of a BYU student student television production. Well, random acts. Random acts. The, it, the big the biggest hidden camera show since Juiced. <laughs> um, and we're gonna wrap things up today with a review of Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't decide if I wanted to say the Lego Ninjago movie. Because that's not true. It's it's Kingsman, the Golden Circle jerk, jerk which you should Golden know. Golden Circle know. jerk. You should yeah. know that's what we were going to say. Yeah. Because um, we're fifteen year old boys. Yeah. What? No, we're fifteen year old white, boys. white boys. White boys. White boys. <laughs> this is the cisgendered white male movie hour. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are really stereotypical white names? Like Chad. Chad and Randy. Yeah. Chad yeah, with your host Chad and Randy. I don't know Chad. <laughs> That's what I would say. I don't know Chad. I just whenever I hear Chad, I just think of Stacy. Uh, so we're, we we can both be Chad <laughs> with Chad and Chad. <laughs> That's two, perfect. Two hanging Chads. Episode one hundred and one format switch. New host <laughs> will be here. Stay tuned. Oh god. Right, let's wrap up some continuing news items. Um, it. You know that horror film that we saw, you saw, everybody has seen apparently. Um, that Brian liked more than me. I had some problems with. It was okay. Uh, well, it is now past five hundred and fifty-six million dollars worldwide, and is the highest-grossing horror film of all time. Amazing. So that happened. Amazing, just flat out amazing. It's and it's only been in theaters for twenty-five days. So. I don't know how much staying power it'll have compared it was to the top of the box office this week again. Was it barely, barely uh, beat out Kingsman? If you look at the numbers, it's like sixteen point nine million some odd dollars and versus sixteen point nine million some odd dollars. It was super close weekend, and American Made came in a third, but it also made like sixteen point eight million. So yeah, Kingsman's has picked up. 
worldwide over 194 million. Damn. But that's on a reported budget of 104 million. So they got a, they got a ways to go. Uh, the budget, I don't remember the budget for the first one, but you could definitely feel the, that this budget was definitely bigger yeah, than the and previous Yeah, they just made the movie longer, it seems like. Pretty um, much, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that, obviously, in yeah. spoilers, or in, um, uh, in our review. But. but, you know, both of those things are true. So, hey, I there's this, I'm thinking of a franchise, and I just, I feel like we need a sequel. You know, we've been crying out for it for... 30 years. Crying. What What am I talking about? What 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 comes to mind? What 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 is What is in your heart? What do you, What do you need? Uh, a, a, wait a minute. A Top Gun sequel? Oh, you know we're already getting that. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's in my heart? Uh huh. Christmas time's around the corner. Okay. I think you need a sequel to the greatest oh. Christmas story ever told. Die Hard. Sadly, yes. Die hard. The only so, the only good thing about this piece of news is that Jai <laughs> Courtney is apparently not going oh, to be a part of it. God. Although you know, after uh, mm. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, yeah. where he was like he surprisingly was... one of the more fun parts of that film. Um, yeah. I don't know what to think anymore. He's also in in the new season of uh, um, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Yeah, that was a surprise. It's funny in that too, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, don't don't spoil it for me. I've only seen a oh, few episodes, okay. so it doesn't have a huge role. Spoiler alert. Uh, that's not what I've heard. Ooh. Hey, ayo. Ayo. Anyway, uh, the sequel that you didn't ask for and don't want, <laughs> Die Hard Six, uh, has has started pre-production. Uh, don't worry, it's they're rebooting the series because that's just what happens now. Um, and casting a young John McClane with Bruce Willis to reprise his role. Uh, Year one. And catch, cash in a fat paycheck on bookends to the film. Why? Why? I mean, it's not like he can't do it anymore. He just, he just made this Eli Roth death wish, whatever we want to call that. I just don't... I, there, there hasn't been a Die Hard that worked since three. Die Hard with a Venge- Die Hard with Vengeance uh, was the the it was the capstone of of the series. I don't know why we keep trying. I mean, I know why we keep trying, but doesn't make it, doesn't make it right. Franchises. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance was they they should have stopped the highest note they were going to end on, and. Uh, Look where we are now. <laughs> Look how far we've fallen. So bad. I haven't I haven't seen any don't, since Don't see it. The fourth one. Which I was think. bad. Yeah, it was really bad. That was really bad. It made not, it was a P- not fun and not four interesting. Was a PG thirteen diehard movie. That's yeah. four if you remember it was PG thirteen because they cut out when he went to say Yippie Kaye mother and they they cut. I mean he doesn't don't they they get one F bomb. Yeah, but they the, cut that's the only place you that I mean. Les Wiseman, remember that guy? He was once married to Kate Beckinsale. Those underworld movies, that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he made that movie. Well, I mean, thanks, Les. At least he got to uh, sleep with Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, I'd I'd ruin my my <laughs> legacy as a Hollywood director for that. <laughs> so here's to you, Les. <laughs> okay. Here's to you, Les. Moving on. Um, is that it? For news there was one more th- uh, uh you forgot avatar dude oh t- how could i forget 
the most anticipated block buy, block, block buys, blockbuster, blockbuster franchise of the future. One billion with a B dollars. One billion with a B dollars. So, what am I? Am I just insane, or did I think this movie was in? These films were in production like six months ago because we <laughs> talked about it a bunch of times. Well, no. So we, I think we knew that they were going to start production in October. That was the news. Okay, we talked about their the production plans yeah. of shoot. Yeah. Okay. But yesterday, cameras officially started rolling on the third and, or the second and third second and third second and third installments of Avatar. So not they're only shooting two movies at once, which yeah. isn't as dumb an idea as shooting three <laughs> movies at once. But still a dumber idea than just shooting a film. Uh, that's good. You know, leave. <laughs> we really want to really want to challenge yourselves on on this one. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think we're kind of just scatterbrained right now. But I think we should also mention that Liam Neeson came out of retirement. Oh, that's that's what it was. That's what I was thinking of. It wasn't it was an avatar. Yes. Yeah. I'll just keep waiting for those. So Lee Lee Neeson uh, has unretired from action movies. It's I can't tell what's happening. If if he he didn't he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to have a weird sense of humor that he would mess with Hollywood journalism. But yeah. maybe he is because like yeah, he, yeah. three days after we did our podcast uh, <laughs> at some screening for the new Deep Throat movie, um, he announced that he was unretiring from action films. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, I don't like. I think you mentioned this. Like, at some point, it's he's going to have to retire because he's just going to get too old to probably do this stuff anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, good on him if he doesn't want to. I was always kind of like, whatever. I want to see him do serious roles, but if he wants to shoot guns and, I mean, here's the problem. Like the. The reason Taken was successful is because that was a conceit that yeah. was tied to the core of the film. Um, you know, him being this very rare, very dangerous person that, you know, had a very special set of skills. Yeah, with a very, yeah. But then where he's just in random films and also yeah. a badass is just, I don't know. Like, a, but like, I don't, I don't feel like any of them have been particularly successful. No, Am I wrong? no. I mean, I don't think so either. I, nonstop. I never saw. It didn't seem to be a huge box office hit. Uh, run all night. I didn't see. Although apparently that film was not uh, was advertised um, as an action as an action movie? film when it wasn't really really. Uh, is that the thriller? one I'm of? I don't know. There, no, one of them was you're a thriller. Of walk Walk Among the Oh Tombstone. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Of. That movie not was much more of a noir th- thriller. I actually yeah. really like that movie a lot, and it okay. has a very nuanced performance in it. Um, the only other movie that I really liked him as a badass in, and I guess it's considered a action movie, was uh, The Gray, uh, where he's in a plane crash in the wilderness. Still, still never seen it. Has to battle wolves. Liam Neeson versus wolves. It's, it's pretty. It's a pretty good you know man versus nature thriller but yeah um the one other thing that we should talk about though and you i don't i don't feel like you took me serious enough on this maybe not because i don't know what you're talking about the, the fact that china got busted stealing money from hollywood oh yeah well i feel like we need 
we need more details and I feel like this is something that hopefully we'll get more reporting in in the coming week weeks but uh yeah what <laughs> so I didn't read the article but apparently and I don't know how they who the source is or how they the source is the Wall Street Journal oh okay wow um, and the accounting firm that did the audit for the MPAA was PricewaterhouseCoopers yeah and according to Variety uh, and the Wall and the Wall Street Journal report uh, at least forty million, which amounts to ninety percent uh, of the six major studios uh, involved, nine percent, nine percent, which equals forty million dollars yeah. in revenue for the six major studios, was unaccounted for and underreported by China, <laughs> the Chinese government. Um, the official gross um, last year in China was about a hundred one point eight billion dollars for the entire year. That was, you know, that's include all box office for them. So even the homemade stuff, um, four hundred and seventy million of that is U.S. studios. Okay. Four hundred and seventy million dollars. Yeah. So, um, the biggest movies on that list were Fate of the Furious <laughs> and uh, Transformers: The Last Night, which both earned more money in China than they did in the U.S. Uh. Yeah, we. I. This is a. This is a breaking. Like this just happened today, but we'll probably get more on it coming up. But I mean, what? What can you do against the government of China? I mean, it's not. Yeah. Well, and it's not like you. You look at these stupid, mindless tentpole action films. Yeah. If if you make more in China than you do domestically, then. You, it's not like you have a lot of leverage. Uh, no, right. Or I mean, it, I don't. I don't know if any of them are. The China box office is bigger necessarily. Maybe some of them are, but it's it is a substantial portion, and nothing else comes close as far as second place. No, uh, not no. So yeah, how do you how do you fight that? You you know. And we've even seen movies catered to China. We've seen movies that, in fact, one of the uh, this is a kind of a tangent. But um, one of the the biggest m- movements in Hollywood is just changing um, the, the way that they are making movies for Chinese audiences. So one of the biggest examples when they remade Red Dawn was it like six years ago, and originally it was China invading the U.S. and they changed it to North Korea because which is a totally realistic and believable <laughs> scenario. <laughs> So it was just, it's one of those things where it's like, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to make Chinese people the bad guy in movies. So Chinese villains are, or I guess I should say this, the Chinese people aren't allowed to be villains in Hollywood movies, which I'm okay. That's fine. You know, but, um, they don't want to alienate those viewers because that's a huge portion of the box office and and you don't want to piss off China. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you don't want to piss off the censors. Yeah. So. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that uh, moving forward. So, well, I think it's time. So, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we uh, we got an iTunes review, and it was our first negative review. It was a one star review from Mega sixty four time. And this week, sadly, we have to report we got another one star iTunes review. 
Um, you, what what did the give us the breakdown? What happened? So the, this user Sion Tuta Bimahe, um, which I tried to figure out if this was like a combination of Jennifer Lawrence characters that she played or some kind of like play on movies that she was in, but because the S I is capitalized. The T is capitalized, the B is capitalized, and the M is capitalized. I couldn't figure it out. Whatever. But this fan loves Jennifer Lawrence. They're a huge fan of Jennifer Lawrence. And they wrote, pass, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I'm tired of hearing the same old boring white males giving the same old boring reviews. Plus, these two sound like 12 year Oh, Sorry, I keep saying 12-year-olds. 15-year-olds. Should I read that again? Yeah, I think you should. I'm tired of hearing the same old boring white males giving the same old boring reviews. Plus, these two sound like 15-year-olds. You know what? I If you don't like our reviews or you disagree with our opinions or analysis, that's totally fine. But this is just the ad, ad hominem attacks. You know? yeah. And how dare you assume <laughs> our ages, our genders... And our ethnicities. <laughs> yes. You hypocrite. Exactly. So, you know what? If you have a defense of mother, uh, or you have some criticism of our criticism, which really was leveled at the script and did not have much to do with Jennifer Lawrence's passable but largely forgettable performance, feel free to send us an email, midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. And, you know, talk, just talk to us. Let's have a dialogue. Yes. Let's, let's get some understanding, some communication. Not, not, not just labeling and one-star iTunes reviews. That, that is going to get neither of us anywhere. Yeah. And, and, and all you're going to do is piss off the Midnighters. They're going to rile up and they're going to rally behind us and they're all going to go out and they're going to give us five star reviews on iTunes. Right, guys? Right? We have fans in at least two countries. Boom. Drop the mic. Suck on that. And that's why they call us 15-year-old boys. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Actually, you know what? If you're criticizing our our sense of humor, the the (laughs) complexity of our humor, then calling us 15-year-old boys is... A, you know, a fairly valid observation. Yeah. But you, you didn't do that. You provided no context. No. And uh, you know what? I don't know what... You, you can do better. I just... Uh, internet trolls of the world, you can do better. Yeah. You, you could... If you really wanted to, like, get at us, you should write us something because we are contractually obligated to read it on the air. Yes. You could contract. you could have a platform for your voice, for your slanderous opinion God, this is opening of up us. A jar of jam. It's not though. It really, it really isn't. isn't yeah. A jar a jar of pearl jam. <laughs> exactly. Oh, fifteen year old boys. Anyway, um, yeah. So we got another iTunes review. Uh, uh, maybe we should just stop calling for it because <laughs> <laughs> we don't like what's happening. But feel free to leave us an iTunes review. Uh, tell us why our opinion of the latest Jennifer Lawrence film was wrong and, you know, that tell us how that has something to do with the color of our skins and our gender, our gender and the age you perceive us to 
embody um or you know or don't <laughs> or give us a five-star review and say <laughs> good show or something like that um take a page out of a at a stone scientist book yeah. and just spread some love and chill vibes thanks thanks uh, stone scientist you're you're, you're yeah. our first fan and you're you're the fo- you're the foundation that that props up our itunes reviews that keeps us going That's keeps right. us calling out for uh <laughs> for punishment, yeah. For punishment. So can we let's let's make ourselves feel a little. Let's cheer cheer each other up. Let's yeah. read some emails. Okay. How can you email us? Midnightfilmreview at gmail dot com. That's midnightfilmreview at gmail dot com. Sweet. Do you want me to go first? Then you go. And then I go. Or you want to yeah, go first? Let's let's just let's get all zigzaggy and weird. Okay. So yeah, go, go ahead. All right, you I'll do read, one. I have I have uh, an email from faithful listener Will. We hadn't heard from him in a while. He says, Midnighters, I've done a deep dive into the madness that is Arnofsky. So other pods I listen to, and he listen, he lists two podcasts. Uh, should I read those names? He has them in parentheses. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so other pods I listen to, Slash Film and Men on Movies, Mentioned that the opening image of a woman on fire looks very similar to that of Rachel Weiss. I looked for a long time and found nothing. Either way, can we agree to never talk about this movie ever again? Love, Will. Will, uh, you know what? I'm sorry you had to feel like you were obligated to do more due diligence researching that conundrum. We'll forget this film pretty quickly. Um, This exercise in public masturbation by Darren Aronofsky. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which again, the more I the more I know about it, the less the less I enjoy it. Um, all right. Well, hey, it's my turn. So, we heard from Rob Bob. Great email title, 99 problems and this is one. Somebody th- this is great and Rob Bob, we love you because I don't even know what episode we're on half the time. <laughs> and you preemptively sent an email, and you're on top of it. So, Rob Bob says, Brian's Colin and Midnighters. The New Yorker is a good magazine when it comes to film. <laughs> I was reading about a movie called The House of Bamboo. It sounded interesting, but I couldn't find it anywhere. True, it's from 1948 or thereabouts, but I couldn't find it on HBO, Netflix, or even the Cincinnati Public Library. Wow. What is a good source to find movies that may be hard to locate, like the general specific? <laughs> P.S. In my bucket list, I want Brian's and Chris Elliott to suck my balls. <laughs> I hate you, Brian's. Rob Bob. <laughs> Send for my iPhone that we paid off when the new iPhone is available. Did you do something to Rob Bob? Um, Rob Bob and I play in the same fantasy football league. Oh. And I defeated him this week. Yeah. So obviously he is not happy about that. Well, fantasy fantasy foosball is very serious business. So uh, so I hear. <laughs> I, so Rob Bob, I feel like you missed the the easiest place to locate movies, and that's Amazon. Um, yeah, I mean, search search Amazon, and you can usually rent them if they're not available in Prime. I, I guess that's true. I mean. Uh, Yes, I guess he was he was mostly referring to paid services, with the exception of the library. The library. 
So, Which library um, usually has movies. If they don't have them, they'll get them for you. I am sorry. I have a weird case of the hiccups all of a sudden. That's okay. So here, what? Let me let me pull up. I'm I'm super curious. Also, what what about Chris Elliott? Where did Chris Elliott come into this? <laughs> what? I haven't heard that name in a long time. Oh, that was a, that that one threw me for a loop. I love Chris Elliott, by the way. Um, his performance in uh, There's Something About Mary. Have you ever had a white head on your eyeball, Mary? <laughs> classic, classic Chris Elliott. So, just for the record, um, well, the House of Bamboo is available on my private movie tracker, which apparently has every every film movie that ever made, pr- pretty much. But the general specific, I'm really gonna go out on a limb and say that that has not made it <laughs> into on the, your tracker into the no. catalog. Uh, it does not. It, it does is not, not look, on there. Uh, so I'm looking right now. You can get House of Bamboo on disc on, on Amazon. Um, the other thing is, uh, uh, my I don't want to say the name of it. Um, this private tracker has it listed as a 1955 film, not a 1948 film. So does IMDb. Um, he says thereabouts, though, so maybe that's why. Rob, maybe that's the problem. Maybe you, the, oh. the, the year has, I don't know, That maybe that not. That could be, too. Um, so... There's what's great is there's a there's a Rotten Tomatoes consensus on this film from 1955. And? Rotten Tomatoes went back and pulled historical review data. Uh, I'm guessing it's an it's an 87. It's got an 87 wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. Isn't technology neat? I guess there's no consensus, but uh, let me see how many rev- there's 15 reviews for the film. That's pretty. That's a lot. Uh, this this movie actually sounds really interesting. A planted in a Tokyo crime syndicate, a U.S. Army investigator attempts to probe the coinciding death of a fellow Army official. With a uh, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, Old IMDb. Never give up. Okay, well, yeah. So, Rob Bob, thank you for the email. Um you know, if if you are really, really motivated to see a film, I might be able to arrange a way for you to get it. Just contact contact Brian with, uh, Ooh, with I the like details. being the middleman. Yeah. That's my dream come true. You hear that, uh, Random Axe? My dream come true to be the middleman. The <laughs> little inside baseball there. I thought it was a, a reference to your... You know what? Never mind. I was going to make it sexual. <laughs> Just I'm <laughs> giving giving our haters what they want. So who else did we hear from? Um, so we have a email from uh, fellow podcaster Chunk the Punk, who I guess this would be a good time as any to uh, announce our spectacular show coming up. Or or who what now? Should we announce that right now? I think we should. Get... Sure. Why? I mean, why not? Although if we do it now, we're pretty much dooming it to not happen. I just want you to know that. No, it's got to happen. Okay. It has to happen. So our 100th episode is coming up, if you don't already know this. And um, this email from Chunk the Punk I'm uh, about to read, he is going to travel to Cincinnati and join us for an episode. So we're going to do a three-man 100th episode. Um, We're going to have – we haven't really talked about content, but uh, (laughs) we have lots of ideas for content. Uh, But Yeah, but – 
But that's never stopped us before. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's going to be a blowout episode. It's probably going to be our longest episode. We're going to review Blade Runner 2049, so that should be fun. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that's coming this week. It'll be this week, right, Colin? It, that is the plan. Yeah. So this is from Chunk the Funk. He said, shake my head. The nice guys are getting a female-led TV series adaption. What? So apparently, Joel Silver is bringing the buddy cop nice guys to the small screen, and it's going to be led by two ladies. Well, I mean, what is that? So, what does that have to do with the nice guys? He's just making a period piece what? buddy cop yeah. comedy TV show? I- or. And this article says um, he's already so he's already produced the TV adaptation of *Lethal Weapon* on Fox, and he's producing an adaptation of *True Lies* as well for TV. Okay, yeah, okay, I, all right. I guess attaching the title of a film to it gives it cachet. But I mean, name brand Nick. I don't know. That's it, it's not like it was this big movie. It wasn't like this big blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, look that there. That doesn't. There's nothing that sounds bad about that formula. Uh, I just. It's just weird that it's nice guys. That's yeah. the only. I mean, what? I don't know. We'll see if it actually materializes. Yeah. No. No word yet on the release date. So. Yeah. Hmm. Moving on. Well, that's a weird one. All right. Well. Um. Sadly, what was it, was it? Will Will our first email? Mm-hmm. Will, I'm sorry, we've got to talk about Mother again. (laughs) So, uh, regular contributor Adam writes his subject line, Mother of all turds. (laughs) Hello, Midnighters. Please tell me you haven't watched Mother. I like you guys too much to think you had to sit through it as well. This was obviously sent before our review. This was sent, uh, yeah, on the the 20th. Um, I like you guys too much to think you had to sit through... Oh, I just read that. I did not enjoy that film at all. I've heard numerous reviews describing it as an ordeal, which it is, only in the way that it's tedious and infuriatingly pretentious. One of the main issues I had was the idea that Jennifer Lawrence is completely besotted with Javier Bardem. I get that the film is an allegory, but to work, you still need to buy into the relationship. I'm a heterosexual man, but I think I have a grasp on what makes other men attractive. I don't think Bardem has any of those qualities. In fact, I'd say he looks like a caricature of himself. <laughs> Sorry. So the email... I, so Javier Bardem is one of those weird... He has one of those faces, and he is a sex symbol. And sometimes I will see a shot of him or a frame of him and be like, my God, that is a gorgeous man. But then the other 65% of the time, he he looks like... He's just he's bizarre looking, and his head yeah. is too big, and his yeah. features are so severe. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it, it's helped by the fact that he plays, uh, he takes these character performance roles, and you know, does some. The Kim work also didn't do many favors in, in Mother, yeah. where it's like up in your face. It's, yeah. So yeah. Ha- Javier Bardem, I think I think there is a sexiness about him, but I don't know his his face transforms for me. And sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Um, Anyway, uh, Adam continues. 
On the same day that I saw Mother, I had the misfortune to see Sean Penn's latest directorial effort, The Last Face. <laughs> it is ponderous and unwatchable. Wow. Penn is guilty of what I refer to as camera wanking, lingering in slow motion shots that add nothing. I managed 30 minutes and had to switch it off. It's the only film I've given up on this year, and I watched the latest installments of the Resident Evil and Underworld <laughs> franchises, so my tolerance for bad films is about as high as it gets. Thank you for the recommendation of The Sinner. I haven't watched it yet, but as someone that once wrote to Jessica Biel to tell her how great her arms looked, Blade 3? Yeah, yeah, I bet it was Blade 3. I have... <laughs> Uh, the idea of watching her finger bang someone appeals to me greatly. You say that now, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Wait till but you see the I scene. have, I have a, well, you know what? To each their own. I'll be watching it when I get a little <laughs> bit of myself, a little bit of time to myself this weekend. If you catch my drift. And on that note, until next time, Adam. P.S. Rather than filing restraining order, <laughs> Jessica Beale sent me a letter saying thank you with a signed photo. As you do. I hope it was. I hope it was like a, a flexing. It probably wasn't. It was probably just a stock uh, headshot yeah, of hers. Yeah, but that would have been awesome if she was yeah. just like. Yeah, she, she, a, she busted out like a bunch of pull-ups real quick and then flexed for you. Did like which way's the beach? <laughs> that way. Guys looking for tickets. <laughs> gun tickets show. to the gun show. We got them right here. <laughs> uh, it's been an eventful half hour in the, in this podcast. Yeah, man. Um, wow. Well, I think I think we've sufficiently recovered from the scathing criticism received at the hands of furious iTunes listeners subjected to our privileged rantings. Uh, okay. Can I can I just tell you something real quick? I, sure, I yeah. Shouldn't so I, I I you know, I went and looked at this person's previous reviews because I wanted to get an idea of like why they gave us such a scathing review. Sure. And um, it was quite obvious that anybody who did not give Mother a good review, they gave it one star to... So everyone who reviewed the film. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Except for their last review, the last review that they had written on iTunes, Yeah. was for Steven Crowder, the conservative podcast. They gave, it a, they gave his show a five-star review. I'm so confused right now. Yeah, I know. I was holding that in because it was like it just didn't make sense. What does to that me. mean? Is it an op- is it a is it an operative? I, are we are we falling victims to partisan political trolls? I don't know. It feels like it doesn't. Is it, it Russia? It might be <laughs> Russia. Uh, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Yeah, that's pretty weird because the language would kind of make you mm-hmm. immediately yeah. knee jerk the. The opposite an opposite assumption. Extreme left versus extreme right. Yeah. Correct. Well, yeah, even more than extreme. I mean, not extreme left, but just you, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. To put, yeah. Anyway, I'm we're, I'm going to offend somebody, and I'm super liberal, <laughs> so it's fine. We don't have to go there. Um, <laughs> so, I think maybe I will save my yeah. media hot take for, for next time. For the hundredth episode. For the hundredth episode. I think that's a great idea. Because it actually, it's really something kind of special to me oh, right now. Nice. Um, and we'll see if it still means the same thing a week from now because it's kind of new. Uh, it's a game. Interesting. It is interesting. Okay. It's not not something I expected to be talking about, but uh, we'll see next week, or maybe we won't because I'll probably just forget about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Suck it, everybody. We'll be right back with a spoiler-free review of Kingsman, the Golden Compass, Circle Jerk, Bond, 007. Dis oh, I don't know. We'll be right back. And we're back with a spoiler-free review of Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Um, an R-rated action-adventure comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll do a quick synopsis here. It's Fox's official synopsis. When their headquarters are destroyed and the world is held hostage, the Kingsman journey leads them to the discovery of an allied spy organization in the U.S. These two elite secret organizations must band together to defeat a common enemy. Which is a really weird and hyperbolic but kind of accurate description of the film, I guess. Um, so yeah, sequel to that film that was sort of a sleeper hit with audiences um, of... Two years ago? What, yeah. When I was think, yeah. Um, 2014. Three years ago. Yes, three years ago. Yeah, wow, so it didn't seem like that long ago. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's been a little while. Um, also directed by Matthew Vaughn. Um, written by Jane Goldman, Matthew Vaughn, and Mark Miller, who have written a bunch of films together, uh, including Kick-Ass and the first one of these films. Um, and some X-Men stuff and some other stuff uh, starring Taron Egerton Edgerton? Taron Edgerton? Edgerton, yeah uh, as the, Eggs. the the titular Eggsy the protagonist Colin, well, I guess I don't know that's a spoiler it's not because it's on all the marketing yeah, material they, f they fucking ruin everything yeah Colin Firth returning as Harry Hart slash Galahad Mark Strong um, as Merlin and then, uh, what's his name? Edward Holcroft returning as <laughs> Charlie. Uh, Channing Tatum. Julianne Moore. Um, who? There's. Pedro Pes Pascal. Please, uh, whiskey. Okay, Pedro Pascal. That's who I was missing. So. I feel like when, when we start reviews like this, where we're just sort of reaching for kind of random factoids to throw out there before we delve into the movie, if you've listened to us long enough, you probably have a good idea of where this is going to go. <laughs> so I'll start by talking about what I wanted out of this film. And in some ways, the film delivered on that. And in a lot of ways, the film suffered from all of the same problems that the first film had um, and to different degrees uh, but I wanted something that was over the top that was able to eschew a lot of the, the unnecessary heaviness and seriousness and weird tonal shifts the first film uh, and just be a fun ridiculous comic book meets spy adventure film and I think I think in a lot of ways they they improved in that aspect of it um, I feel like the 
the tonal flaws were less glaring. This film was a lot more hyperbolic. It was a lot more ridiculous. Uh, there, there was a lot. The the really kind of like futuristic or sci-fi or gadgety things didn't feel as juxtaposed into kind of like a normal realistic society in this one. There was just a, like over the top things were happening the whole time. Um, with that being said, this movie suffered from some new problems. Uh, it's two hours and 21 minutes long. There are not enough action scenes for what this movie needs to be to sustain it for two hours and 20 minutes. There, I mean, there's a legitimate period of 30 or 40 minutes, it feels like, in the film where it's plot development and exposition. Uh which is fine if you make it work, but I don't. I don't feel like this sequel deserved it. Um, get an hour of that. Like, yeah. Almost an hour of that. It's. It, it was really like what kind of like a what film am I watching moment. Um, I like Taron Edgerton. I feel like he he uh, he does as much as anyone could do to keep this film interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, he's. I I still enjoy him on screen. I, I don't think Mark Strong is capable of turning in a bad performance at this point. Uh, he is always he's always excellent. Mm-hmm. Colin Firth, what happened here? Um, <laughs> that was one of the more baffling performances. Uh... I've never never walked away from a movie and felt like. I never in my wildest dreams that I feel like Colin Firth would be the weak link in a film. And to say it felt like he phoned in his performance would be an understatement. It seemed like he didn't want to be here. Especially when you put it against the performance in the last movie, where they had such good chemistry, and that was one of the better parts of the movie, is them together. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. The the narrative of this film is so bad. It's, It's so ridiculous. I just... I don't know how to feel about it. It gets political, but not in a good or fun way. And it, I, I feel like the, the critical reception that probably, I haven't looked at reviews necessarily for this film. I do know that it is, it's like a 44 Metascore right now. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. And honestly, I don't think the film is quite that bad. Uh, I, like I said, in a lot of ways, this is a stronger. There's a stronger film in here mm-hmm. than the last film represented for me. But it needs to be pared down. You need to pick and choose what elements are important. Um, there's an entire s- story arc for the main character that could have easily been cut out and probably would have made the film better. Uh, and it it needed to deliver on more action. And the in as far as creating a a villain, <laughs> I think this film was actually a huge step backwards. Uh, and I don't know. It, it's like it's like they took. It's like they were playing Jenga. Like they moved the mistakes around from where they were last time mm-hmm. into, yeah. and then screwed other things up. So. 
you know, I, I didn't I didn't hate this film. It was entertaining. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But I'm not going to tell anybody, like, don't see it. Just have realistic expectations that there are some fun moments. There are lots of not fun moments. And when the film is over, I just kind of felt like that's it. Um, so, it you know, not... <laughs> I don't think this. I don't think it delivered on what it needed to to deliver on to kind of cement its place in our our future or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I just, uh, especially with the budget, uh, I, I, I don't. They might make another one, but I, I feel like they they really had a chance to impress everybody, and uh, they they blew it. So. Yeah, so I echo almost everything you said. I, it's really weird. I so going back, I felt like I was on an island to my to myself because I strongly disliked the first Kingsman, and I'll just briefly summarize my reasons for that because I think it affects the way I feel about this film in a way. Because I am with you, I enjoyed this film. I don't think I'd ever watch it again, partly because it's too long. It just it just is a slog at at, at points for no reason. Um, I read something, um, the interview with uh, Matthew Vaughn, and he originally had this movie cut for an hour and 30 minutes. Or, sorry, three hours and 30 minutes. Um, and he had to cut an, basically an hour out of it. And uh, the, the studios were like, "Did you you want to make this a, a trilogy, why don't you just make this into two films? But I don't really know where you could... I mean, there's just so much that can be pulled out of this movie that doesn't need to be there. You mentioned uh, a few things that I agree with. We'll probably talk about in spoilers. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, a good 25, 35 minutes could have been taken out of this movie and you wouldn't have missed uh, anything. Um, I, the first movie, I just, I felt that it didn't embrace the campiness of what they were trying to do. Um, it got overtly serious in parts. And uh, I guess, spoiler alert for the first Kingsman, which I don't really know if you well, see this review or if you've seen this movie why you wouldn't have seen the first one but the there's a scene where Colin first character uh, kills a bunch of people in, in a uh, a, a racist church. church yeah and I've talked about this before my biggest problem with that is you're they're supposed to seem I feel like they're supposed to seem like innocent people because the idea of that movie was this this gun or this um, machine turns people violent and but the nature of these people in this church is that they are violent already and so it just kind of fell flat for me i felt like if you had that as a normal protestant or evangelical church or even an amish church when they turn violent it would have been more impactful more meaningful that he's killing these innocent people uh, I, so i i mean i had a lot of problems with that scene too i think they wanted it to be they wanted you to be entertained and not feel bad about it that's yeah. why they demonized the the people that are being senselessly murdered. I agree with you. I just uh, feel like that that's a, a kind of a cop out. And I, oh yeah, t- I, I mean, it just yeah, that that was frustrating to me. Um, and in a lot of ways, that movie didn't. Like you mentioned it didn't embrace its its uh, more campiness or its more satirical elements. Um, and it it fell in a gray area between an Austin Powers and a James Bond, rather than embracing. Um, the campier side of it and, and that really bothered me but this film I think it it does those things well it embraces <laughs> its campier side 
and the statesmen are hilarious and fun to be around. Um, I think that most of the performances in this are really good. You mentioned Colin Firth, which totally blew me away because he was such a strong part of that first film. Um, and the way they brought him back in this is kind of just silly to me. Uh, it's complete, completely to... I don't, there's built in, There's tons of things in here that are just built into the narrative because they need to be. Um, one of the big issues with the, with the first film also was the mis- the misogyny um, that oozes, and they had a real opportunity with a couple of characters in this to make things a little different, and I, they chose not to. And in fact, they did <laughs> some really weird stuff with the female body in this um which was just kind of baffling uh, which could uh, whatever i don't we'll get into that in spoilers too but uh i did like this movie better than i liked the first one um i, I gave the last movie a d minus i really just had a strong distaste for it um and but this one i think is more like a c for me um maybe a c plus it was just too long like the t- the running time and then the the narrative is I don't even know where to start with the narrative. I wonder like how much is cut out. There's so many side plots that aren't really fulfilled, or if they are, uh, there's a character who shows up and then leaves, and it's just uh, there's a cameo in here that's like ridiculous, which could have been fun, but it just I don't know. I, I there was I feel like there's a lot of half ass ideas in this that just weren't completed yeah and then the the problem with that is sometimes that is like more forgivable but this film falls apart so hard at the at the finish line uh it just it just crashes and burns and you kind of all its flaws all the writing flaws are revealed and i don't know so and there's also two musical elements i don't know if there's spoilers maybe we can talk about that in spoilers but um, I was really offended by one. I think you might know which one I'm talking about. Um, it's in a really good action scene, but they use a song by an artist that is dear to me, and it's the first time this artist has ever his music ever been used in a movie other than his own. So, am I being too vague? Should I just say it? I don't know. That's a spoiler. I don't really think that's a spoiler. I don't know. I don't know. Don't say it. Oh, I mean, oh, we'll just talk about spoilers. All right. I, you know, this is just general information, anyways, in the in the non-spoiler stuff. Uh, I'm not gonna say I, if you like the first one, I think that you'll like this one. <laughs> if you have the attention span, to, yeah, to sit through it. So the first movie was I looked it up, eighty million dollar budget and made four hundred over four hundred million worldwide. So this one has more money, and it's I if this makes four hundred million worldwide, I'll be surprised. Honestly, I mean, it's two weeks, so it, it could get there. Blade Runner's coming out. It's got, it's got a lot of competition coming out, though, in the next few weeks. Uh, yes and no. I mean, this is the kind of film that foreign box offices seem to eat up. That's so true. Uh, we'll see. We will see. That's true. Uh, you want to move on to spoilers? Y- yeah. Let's, let's move on to spoilers. We'll be right back with spoilers for Kingsman, The Golden Circle. And we're we're back with spoilers for Kingsman: The Gold, The Golden Circle. Prince Man, 
you use the Prince song in like the most obvious scene in the movie, Let's Go Crazy, and it just is bad blasphemy to me. I mean, like Prince, would, Prince is rolling over in his grave. It's, uh, Jeff Kanata said on Twitter, "There's no bigger sign that Prince is dead than his song being in this movie because this is something Prince would never have done." And could it be more on the nose? And then more John Denver. How many movies are going to use John Denver? Uh, yeah, that was a weird conceit. What is going on? Although the scene, you know, the scene with Mark Strong singing it as he goes out is he makes that scene. No, you're right. You know, I don't hate it. It's just no. It. I. Like, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. It's. It's. It's too much. You don't need to like yeah. push it that far into whatever territory that is. Um, you don't have to be on the nose, man. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to be on the nose. How, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. How disappointed were you that uh, Channing Tatum was not in this fucking movie? That's what I'm saying. He's there and then he's not. Yeah. And it's like, what What happened? I don't know. Like, it, I felt like I felt like Matthew Vaughn was just giving me the middle finger. Yeah, right. It's like, just, just totally trolled. Uh, he's an he's in all the the promotional stuff he's in all the marketing well i mean the the answer is they set it up for a a sequel a buddy cop yeah sequel right uh which i would you know what i would honestly i would totally watch that if they did it like there's potential there yeah if well if they had good on screen on screen chemistry yeah but, uh, I don't think there's enough here to know that, though. I mean, I don't... No, no <laughs> Channing Tatum was in the movie for one scene. I mean, two scenes. Literally two scenes. Yeah. The one fight scene, which was fun. Yeah, and I loved his fight scene, actually. One of the best one of the best fight, uh, fight scenes in this movie, which suffers from fucking unnecessarily complex, fake... <laughs> Why do they do... Single take shots. It's like... And, and also... Quick cut shaky cam syndrome at the in the same film. Yeah, that, I could have done with with without the shaky cam. Like the, the one shot fake cam, I, which is like so clearly fake. I could have done. I mean, that's fine. Whatever, I'll deal with it. But the shaky cam, I just I'm over. I'm over shaky cam. You had your chance. Let's move on. That's early two thousands, man. I mean, I, the other thing is like, could you have made a less compelling villain? I, see, I like Julianne Moore's performance, but she literally stays in the same spot the entire movie. She doesn't... She's not th- threatening and, no, at she, all. No, she's not threatening. They, and they get they they get to her in her hideout with, like, five armed, <laughs> five armed guards <laughs> and two robo-dogs, and then... The dog design was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, but... But that's their the way they're defeated is so anticlimactic. It's so anticlimactic. And that's yeah, no, I agree. And that but part of my Do you <laughs> this this that weird fucking split scene where you have this great fun fight scene with Taron Edgerton's mm-hmm. character and the the bad lackey, and then this horrible scene going on at the same time yeah. with uh, with Colin Firth's character and Elton John. Yeah. Like the Elton John stuff. That's what I was saying. Like, I don't understand. Like, he's in this movie longer than he's in this movie more, more than Channing Tatum is in this movie. Yeah, look, and look, I'm o- I'm okay with embracing the absurdity more. Yeah. That you know, honestly, that part of the film, I they and they pushed it too far. But 
I, I'm okay with moving it in that direction. He didn't need to break the fourth wall. No. And w- literally wink into the camera. You, that was I mean, stupid. That was honestly, I, I rolled my eyes. That's... Like, turn, just turn him into the, like, the martial arts star for one scene. That's yeah. that's funny that's, enough. Yeah. You don't have to take it any farther than that. That's the awesome just powers. so that's much. More yeah. of that. That's more, yeah. And, but then you take it to, the, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, you're, you're right. I, I agree. But um, the end of this film, fall, so they just go, after all this unnecessary investigation, They the also one of the most both stupid and uncomfortable camera shots where you mm-hmm. follow a character's finger that's what, into yeah. a woman's vagina. Which was just uncalled for. Just, I... <sighs> It's Look, like, if if you want to be gratuitous, it's a fucking R-rated movie. Have her, you know, take her top off or something. But why? I feel like that was that would have been so much less unnecessarily g- gratuitous than that camera shot. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not funny. It doesn't it's, add anything no, to the film. It's not. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not funny. It's not sexy. It, it's like. And it's like completely set up. Like that, they set up. It has to be inserted into a mucous membrane, and it's like you know he does the whole finger motion, and it's like, well, yeah, you have you have all this technology, and yeah, it just it's fine, whatever. I I just that really I don't know that part of the movie really annoyed me because that is to me like just out and out like I, I I don't know it just it it made me feel really uncomfortable. Like I'm not I'm not super you know touchy about those things but that was just I don't know that felt like totally misplaced just like the anal sex joke at the end of the first one like which I like I said I don't even mind that as much this was way worse in my opinion I don't no you I mean yeah this this was way worse just yeah yeah I, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't get it I don't get the writing choice throw that in there I don't didn't like I said didn't add anything to the movie yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the those are the things that like bother me about the movie. Is like, it comes so close to being a good movie, and I just feel like everything about it just seems half-assed. And I know that's not completely true for Matthew Vaughn's part because he loves the series. Like, this is his baby. He said he wants to make it into a trilogy, and he wants to do a Statesman spinoff. But it's like and and Egerton is fully in in his role but Colin Firth felt like he had to put out the door Holly Berry's character is set up to be super redeeming and she just I I, I don't know I feel like she was just half used Channing Tatum is very, what, why is he in this movie yeah like I, I really I enjoyed Halle Berry's time on screen but they don't they don't take her character mm-hmm. anywhere they don't do anything with her no and they I mean they actually expressly tell the audience that she's relegated to this you know being in the support position yeah, and right. then she just kind of gets promoted at the end for why i mean why because she i, I just i don't know she I, doesn't yeah like she doesn't is she gonna is she just there to is she the new q is that yeah, why she was there right. because mark strong is right yeah exactly piecing out and, and and oh yeah by the way jeff bridges is in this movie be being his weird jeff bridgey self <laughs> but i feel like he isn't like i don't feel like like why is he in this movie like why are any why are any of these characters in this movie it just it, like that's the thing is like 
you don't need all these characters. No, and here's here's the other thing. Like the 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 good writing choice is to have them be behind all of this yeah, somehow. Right, exactly. And having to come full circle and having Channing Tatum defect. Yes. Right? Exactly. And, that's 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 and we're what getting I thought cl- it was going we're to getting, I swear to God. I thought getting it was closer to the end and I'm like, no, they literally just are going to invest nothing in the narrative of this film and everything is going to be flat and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. And uh that was it. Yeah, you get you get one wrap up fight scene where you find out one of the characters you spent the second most screen time with is a bad guy because meth heads killed his wife. So all drug users are evil, which if you're, I mean, look, doing the, the caricature of the president, that's like, that's bad enough. I mean, it's look, I kind of get that one. It's ridiculous, but to have that also play as the reason that you get yeah. the the turn for the, the I don't know. There's also that, but the, here's the thing though: is too is like they set it up as like this, um, like drug legalization. You know, like it's set up on one side, but at the very end, he's like offers. Um, uh, somebody's offered I can't remember now somebody's offered a hit or, or, or says something about taking a hit and they're like no we'll just stick to our alcohol it was so weird it was such like such, like drugs are bad like you know, you know to, Chan- they say to Channing, Channing Tatum's Tatum, character just stick with alcohol stick next with al- time yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh yeah cool totally uh, that doesn't undermine every that was I'm just like all I'm, of the totally ridiculous subtext of the part of the film and that's what i'm saying yeah. like my whole and my, like the whole and then i was just because i my foot was, i was already like checked out of the movie when that happened yeah. and like my foot was already out the door and then they just i was like what why would we even put that in the movie like yeah. so weird like is this not are you what are you saying yeah what is uh, whatever so this whole this whole film there were all right so the first fight scene in the car that was fun the uh, fight scene with tequila, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Um, you get the the scene with whiskey where he kills like a million people by himself yeah. outside. Was, that's pretty fun. Um, there, I mean, there there are more like so. There's a kind of an action sequence at the ski lift before then, but yeah, not. yeah. And then we have. The, the only good... I mean, the final action sequence, so there's Eggsy versus Robot Arm Trader, and then yeah. there's... Charlie. Galahad and Galahad v. Whiskey. Yeah. So that's like five and a half to six fun action sequences in this two-hour and 20-minute film. Yeah. It just... It did not... doesn't seem like it added up to much. No. In the it end. Didn't. It didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the first two. Yeah. Are the 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 first fight scene was in the in the car is so well choreographed. choreographed yeah. So, the, so well choreographed, and I understand when you involve guns and you take it away from hand to hand combat, you're talking about maybe somebody else's job or right. you have to approach things differently. But it, even the direction 
in to the extent of the fight scene shot inside the car, it was awesome. Yeah, I, no, I agree. It was fun to watch. You you felt like you. Eggsy had a like a style of fighting. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just it just kind of like was downhill from there. And then the la- the last fight scene with Whiskey and the Galahads just kind of felt like just over the top. That's fun, kind of where I checked out. It just, just didn't feel manic. It was a manic fight scene. Yeah. Uh, which I can I don't know. It was okay. I just I was hoping the the first two fight scenes with Eggsy, the rest of the film was going to be shot like that. And yeah. I guess I understand when you involve guns, it it can't necessarily be. But yeah, I mean I I'm sure that we'll probably review a third movie if it comes out. Um, and I wouldn't be necessarily against seeing it. It just has to be shorter. I, like if I, I didn't, I didn't know it was this long. Walking either. into it, I didn't either. Yeah, and there was at one point in the middle of the movie, I'm like, I honestly was like, what am I watching? Like we went an hour in between like the action beats, and maybe I'm being a little yeah. exaggerating a little bit, but it was like a long time between action beats, and I was like, what is ha- like? There's way too much exposition going on right now. Yeah, and th- I don't care about this plot. Yeah. Oh, you you fucking made me watch 20 minutes of this subplot with his girlfriend just to have her written out of the film (laughs) god damn it (laughs) it's like what is why why did you do that to me what was the point of any of that it literally is meaningless i got a blue rash literally write her out of the film until the end oh man yeah i and 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 then they get married (sighs) because that's what you do baffling just some baffling choices again it makes me wonder like I guess they just were like we gotta cut shit this movie's too long I mean why not just cut that whole subplot out though it's like they had it's like they felt like they had it because they got so much crap for that joke at the end of the first one that they had to further their relationship and the thing is like I do think that like there was some like I don't know there's a point where like I thought it was kind of endearing it's like he is the the anti Bond, where he's like, yeah. I don't want to be a womanizer. I love this, but it just it's I don't know, man. Like, I'm. It's as much but, as I liked it, it didn't fit. It's a funny idea. Like, he is not a Lothario. He's like a committed in a committed yeah. relationship, but also a spy. Right. Playing off of your expectations for James Bond, but then instead of it being like silly hijinks as he tries to figure out how to seduce this girl without seducing her yeah they he just they just give up and he just does it it's so yeah. stupid yeah that could it's been so an stupid yeah uh, an interesting scene or like yeah yeah <sighs> it's this this movie is just it gets it's frustrating at times it's fun at times but in the end it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I, like I said, I this movie was just slightly better than the previous one. So I I think maybe the one of the high points of this film for me was I did not know Pedro Pascal before this. Oh yeah, because you're not a Game of Thrones watcher. Because uh, yeah, I have I have not not seen him as Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones, but uh. 
I really I enjoyed his performance and the fact yes. the fact that he is a oh he's he's a Chilean born well I guess he, no he's American but uh yeah I just for have never having seen him before I thought he knocked this role out of the park he did he was um, one of the best parts of the movie yeah just everything course. whiskey needed to be he was yes. so I hope we get to see him more um yeah me too yeah in something other than a Kingsman movie yeah um he is in Narcos too which I um kind of forgot about but yeah uh it is funny so I'm looking at his um his IMTV and uh there's a movie I literally just watched this movie right before I went on vacation um it was on Showtime. It's called Blood Sucking Bastards. <laughs> and it stars Fran Kranz, uh, who you would know him from uh, Cabin in the Woods. He plays the stoner. And <clears throat> Joey Kern, who plays, who's in Super Troopers. He's the one who's like, I've already pulled over. I pulled over before. Can't pull over any yeah, further. He's in, he's in that movie. But, but Pedro Pascal is also in the movie. Um, and it, it's about uh, a guy's uh, workplace gets taken over by vampires. Anyways. Um, how, how was it? It's not good. Not good. 50 Metascore. Yeah, not good at all. It's not funny. It's ridiculous and um, super gory. But, yeah. Anyways, thought that was funny. Uh, Talon, I think that's going to do it, right? I think so. We'll have another episode coming to you very, very soon. Sooner than you may think. A super extra special ultra secret mega episode <laughs> mega time episode yeah there we go okay all right that's gonna do it for this episode of the midnight film review we will catch you on the flip side okay bye